internet and basketball lovers everywhere the boys are back in town megan is off doing her raptors tastic adventures in the world i'm I'm sure it's not actually that but i actually get a crack (laughs) at at hosting this which i always fail but it's comedically terrible so it's myself phil and justin rowan who we all love because he actually knows about basketball and like me who just makes most of the stuff up um how you doing today bud Good. I'm, I'm just better at making shit up. Like, I say with a little more conviction, and I, I think that's what you need I to embrace. I think I just laugh at myself. Because at the end of the day, none of us really know what the hell we're talking about. E- except in the NBA draft, where I call, like, all of it. Yeah, but but <laughs> who really wins that situation? Because you have to watch college basketball, which is basically a bastardization of See, sport. you think I would, but I actually think college basketball has no relevance on the draft whatsoever. I literally watch highlight film, and it's literally eye tests about hands, feet, and the rest. I can't tell you how much I don't look at their stats, don't look at whole games, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect anything of the draft. I think... Uh, anyway, so we can go on, uh, um, on how... So so you're going the, the problematic route of, yeah, I just look at these guys and, and their measurements and things like that. Yeah, and, because it works. And you... you I mean, that's all. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, but I'm awkward. We're awkward. Anyway. It's a little problematic. I'm not going to deep dive into that, but it's a little bit problematic. It is. But uh, speaking of problematics, we got a big show tonight. We got a few topics that I um, can't wait to dive into, and we're going to be right back on the other side of this. I'm back on the other side. This is Phil. This is Justin. This is The Break on Press Basketball. If you don't follow it already, give us a follow. We like to put a lot of uh, silly and informative and, well, I like to think entertaining stuff. Um, first topic I want to bring up, and I know it's kind of an interesting one, and I'm actually giving a shout-out to someone from another site, and I'm just a nice human being here. Uh, Jesse Blanchard from B-Ball Breakdown, he's their editor-in-chief, uh, put a post, uh, a tweet, saying, basically, if you traded Giannis Antetokounmpo for Anthony Davis, and this was before Davis kind of broke out in the last couple days, um... Although he's been having a solid uh, February altogether. Um, if you traded them, A, who would say no? And B, how do those teams look? Are they better or worse after that? I'll give you the first crack at this one. Okay, well, the, the first easy answer is both teams say no. Um, I, I know we're probably talking about in a vacuum, but there is an important element to embracing your star player, building up that goodwill with the fan base. And for that reason, I, I just don't see either of these teams being interested in the flop. And what was the second part to that? Basically, would they do it? And if they did do it, what would be the outcome? Do you think each team gets worse, gets better, stays the course, that kind of game? Um, at this point, Giannis is a better player and impacts the game more. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, Anthony Davis impacts the game more than Giannis. Uh, God, that was a bad misbeak. Um, he just... I told you it would be awkward, guys. Yeah, it would be awkward. And it is awkward See, on the break. <laughs> 
But no, seriously, like Anthony Davis is having one of the most ridiculous seasons I have ever seen. Um, he is just out of his goddamn mind, especially since DeMarcus Cousins has gone down. And I just don't think Giannis is capable of impacting the game in as many ways. Giannis has taken a leap into superstardom this year. But overall, Anthony Davis is just a more well-rounded player. And he's able to shoulder a bigger load with less talent around him than Giannis has. And I think Giannis as literally the only talent on a team, which is basically uh, what Anthony Davis is doing, minus maybe Drew Holiday, um, I don't think Giannis uh, excels in that situation, or at least does as well as Davis has done uh, this season. See, I'm actually going to counter yours, but mine is a little predicated on uh, on Boogie Cousins staying and, and re-signing. Because in my mind, what we just said there was Anthony Davis really flourished once he was the only guy inside, didn't have to share the touches and all the rest. I think... He was dominant, though, before. He was, he was. But I think if you take Boogie and give him all those inside minutes, and now you allow Drew Holiday a little bit more off-ball, I mean, it kind of makes Rondo irrelevant, but you don't really care. And you have Giannis bringing up the ball and handling it. I think... I think Giannis and Boogie complement each other better than Anthony Davis and Boogie. And I think Giannis complements Drew Holiday better than Anthony Davis does. So my point here is, while I agree with everything you just said about Anthony Davis, I think if you're able to retain Boogie Cousins, he max Giannis maximizes Boogie Cousins and Drew Holiday better. I think you have a ridiculous big three. And then on the other side, which is why I was so excited about this, I actually think both teams get way better, by the way. Um, Anthony Davis plugs up that middle, which is which has been their sore spot ever since they lost. And I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but Greg Monroe, he actually played pretty well in last year's playoffs. And they haven't really been able to replace him. They've tried a couple of guys. I know they picked up Zeller, but let's, let's not pretend it's the same thing. We're, we're getting Jabari Parker back. We have Chris Middleton. We have Tony Snell. They're not missing wings. Like, I know it's nice to have him. It's nice for him to bring up the ball. But thing is, you have Eric Bledsoe, who's perfectly capable of running an offense. You have tons of wings able to score, able to defend, still belongs to Yeah, but not, not at the level that Giannis does. They're not, like, but it, then it's, you, it's you're cute. changing that's, that's... Thon Maker for Anthony Davis, and you're still able to start. You're able to start a lineup of Anthony Davis, Parker, Middleton, Snell, Bledsoe. I would argue that that lineup is better than what they're currently putting out. And I, It's kind of like saying that, oh, Devin Booker's a shooter. Like, you could easily replace Clay Thompson with him. Like, no, there's different levels to that. And I just don't think that the Bucks have a, enough. Like, I, I do agree that the, I think the Bucks get better with Anthony Davis because I just think Anthony Davis is a better player. But when you're talking about, oh, how will they maximize DeMarcus Cousins or does he help Drew Holiday? Like, Drew Holiday maximized versus what Drew Holiday was this year? I don't think that's a big difference. Like, you're maybe talking about, like, a 1% difference in field goal percentage. Like, I, I just think that, like, what you're discussing, it it it's not it doesn't matter. It's such a drop-off in talent. The Pelicans get worse. End, end of story. See, I don't agree, but I think if that trade did happen with how it's... Although... Like, I would say if it happened, they would have to throw in a pick. But, like, if you legitimately had that on the table, okay, if both teams were willing to do this trade, if, like, like just put it in this vacuum, do you think the trade is one for one, or or, or are the Bucks forced to add? As I said, I don't think either team does it because you need to invest in kind of your fan base and what you built there for both teams. 
And I still can't believe Anthony Davis is still only 24. Like, I was bringing up his stats just now. I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> the way he's playing and the way we're talking about all these other guys who are 22 and stuff. You know, Anthony Davis, like, he's like this forgotten god, basketball god. It was kind of like, you know, if, if, if you never looked at his stats, you just looked at his play and how long he's been, you know, monstrous in the NBA. You'd assume he's 27, 28, just entering that prime. 20. He is uh, absolutely ridiculous. And he's putting on a no ton of weight this year. Just his aggression and everything. He is... Is he the most valuable? Now, I'm not talking MVP. Like, I'm not talking any of that stuff because people talk that stuff to death. Is he the most valuable asset in the NBA? If he's healthy, he is the one guy in the league that I think can be like a LeBron Durant level freak. So, yes. You're not putting Joel in that? Uh... Because if you're saying Embiid, I still Embiid, I still can't have have wrap my head. Right? Yeah, but Anthony Davis is proving he can be healthy. Embiid's having one season, and that's a very heavily managed season. Mm-hmm. Um, I do get what you're saying. Yes, it. I mean, if Joel Embiid can stay healthy, he's a top ten player all time. Like, okay, uh, all time. Anthony Davis, if he fo- if he finds his God, talent, hot takes are almost as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying like. Joel Embiid has that Shaq type ceiling, and there's not a lot of guys that that can say that. So uh, I'm gonna give his him his props, but I still can't wrap my head around Embiid actually staying healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. So thank you, Jesse, for the good conversation piece. We're gonna be back on the other side, another superstar this time from the Eastern Conference. We'll be back on the break. <laughs> All right, back from another break here on The Break. Press basketball is Justin and Phil bringing it. It's the boys are back in town time. Megan. Breaks on breaks on breaks. Breaks on breaks. Megan, unfortunately, could not make it today, which means we get to talk trades and then trades and obnoxious things in the NBA to our heart's content. Our last segment here is talking about a superstar or potentially faux superstar, if you speak a little bit of French. Uh, John Wall of the Washington Wizards has been out of the lineup with an injury, and lo and behold, they're winning games. Um, This is going to be an interesting question, because again, Twitter has pondered the question, are the Washington Wizards better without John Wall? Now, to contextualize this, obviously we're saying if you're going to not have John Wall, obviously you're going to trade him for someone. Let's not just pretend that John Wall is just going to sit in the cookie cupboard and you're just going to have to deal with their players and the, and the salaries. Um, Justin, put your uh, potential Washington GM hat on again. And if you are the Wizards almost... Well, I mean, if they win the championship this year, right? And somehow he comes back, I guess you keep him. Okay, let, let's chill out. No, okay. The Thomas Staderaski Warrior, uh, Wizards are not winning a goddamn championship. They've won three games was in a row. just giving the one little option of where potentially, you know, they, they, they would have no choice but to keep him. So if you're, if you're the GM and you see how they're playing now, you see the chemistry, and you see all the shade a lot of the players are putting towards John Wall on social media, um, what would you do? Well, uh, okay, the the first thing, as you mentioned, um, the shade towards John Wall, it may be a little bit overblown. Um, if there's a chemistry issue where these guys are just not getting along, uh, that's something that they'll need to deal with. 
that hasn't been something we've seen a lot of. There was issues between him and Gortat, and they're two guys that really speak their mind. Like one great thing about John Wall is he's not afraid to kind of rattle some cages and speak his mind. Uh, so I don't know if it's something that we have to read into too much. In terms of their recent winning, um, I, I think it could be a positive in the long term because when John Wall does come back, he, he can look at these guys and say, okay, they, they're actually fairly competent. They were able to run plays on their own. Um, I, I can rely on these guys. I don't need to dominate the ball in the same way that I have in the past. Now, is he is he going to react like that? That kind of determines whether or not you're you're going to move forward with them, um, because you're devoting almost 42 million a year once his contract kicks in. And He's gonna be making like 45 million dollars since he's 33. That's a lot yeah, of money and, and that's for a, guy a point guard that doesn't shoot in today's NBA. Well, I mean, the most important thing is, is a point guard with bad knees. Point right? guard. Um, so his health is a big concern. He hasn't been himself all year, and he's been pressing as a result. Um, so he needs to get healthy. He needs to acclimate himself to the Wizards and, and adjust when he comes back. And, and kind of based off that, I would make my read on the situation. But I don't think it's as simple as, oh, John Wall isn't good. No, or, no, no. I like, 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 I don't think people are that. saying John Wall isn't good. So um, uh, just to help my argument a little more, because that's what I do. I just live in my own head. Is um, the, the, the criticisms I've heard of Wall are many. But one of them that I thought was interesting is he is a second best player on your team who thinks he's the first. And that mentality is what's messing them up. Because if you look at them right now, just talent-wise and in the modern on modern NBA, where they bring the talent, Bradley Beal's their best player. And if you could get John Wall... But, but John Wall's a better player than Bradley Beal. Like, and it isn't particularly close. And if you are moving John Wall, you're talking about moving him for spare parts. And that, okay, all of a sudden you're in the same situation where Bradley Beal is either a second or third best player on, on a championship team. And that is your best player. So you're in the same situation, whether with or without John Wall. Well, at least maybe you're shedding some salary. Because between Beal, Porter, Jr., and Wall, you're paying a lot of money. And you're going to get... Sure, but you're still not on... You still are not going to have enough cap room to sign a number one. So do you think at that point you're just... You just play the course because you're not going to be able to get value back for him? Like... I get seeing him after the season, seeing how it, how it happens when he comes back. But let's just say he comes back and they make it to the first round, decent six game series. He played okay. He plays, you know. But they, it it's pretty obvious that they're not a contender. Where do you play after that? I mean, I think you have to evaluate your options and what's available in the trade market, right? Like you can say oh, maybe it's time to, to flip things and, and blow it up. But you're, you're not going to blow it up to, for the sake of blowing it up. Like, this is still a pretty damn good team. And the, the future of the East is still kind of unknown when you don't know what John or what LeBron James is I feel like the, I feel like this uh, is the Memphis Grizzlies all over again. Like this. Yeah, but there's, the, again, there like with the Grizzlies, there's value in having a deep playoff run. There are, like, second-round appearances, like, no, nobody's really beating the Warriors or, or the Warriors and Rockets, we should say. Um, so maybe stick around. If a good deal becomes available, you can pursue that. Um, but you're, you're not going to move John Wall just to move John Wall. No. 
I mean, uh, to max, uh, but it's funny, right? Because when you think, how would you maximize a, a team around John Wall? It would kind of be a team like this, a team that's long, can shoot threes, has some big guys that you can dump off to. And uh, again, the team is built around your superstar. I don't know, he, he's one of those guys that, I've always kind of figured him, he's the Chris Paul, the East. You know, he's that guy who is a consummate all-star every year, puts up numbers, and, and when you watch him, he's like, he is one of the best players on the floor every time you watch him. Because, yes. That's pretty high praise. You're, you're basically calling him the third best point guard of all time. Okay, well, I mean, I, 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 I'm <laughs> giving allusions to, to, to moments. But John Wall, I mean, look, I haven't liked the, uh, the, the Wizards for a while. I, I don't believe when teams are too backcourt heavy. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Raptors. God, I get to say this because Meg's not here. Um, but I, I, I just don't think it's happening. I, I can actually see them um, flipping Wall to, like, the Spurs in the offseason. Mm, I, I would see the Spurs as a landing spot for Wall. It's uh, pretty tough to make that money work, but... Yeah, I mean, what? Do, see, people talk about like guys going to the Spurs, and oh yeah, they can uh, sign and trade, uh, or they can get these deals done. They have nothing to offer, though. <laughs> like, oh. like that's the thing with the Spurs. What? What are they giving up? It's in like return? this landing Nobody place that has a good culture and coach, but has no money and no assets. Yeah. And what's kind of funny is, yeah, exactly. is that's exactly what's been Kawhi Leonard's deal, right? Because he's turning around to be like, hey, I'm a superstar. You're supposed to be this franchise that does everything right, and you got me Rudy Gay. <laughs> you know, it's like, at a certain level, like, are, like, are we overplaying the Spurs at this point? Like, like have they... I, I don't think that's Kawhi Leonard's issue, but yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll come back for our closing segment here on the break. We'll be right back, Justin and myself. Boys are back in town. All right, we're back for the uh, third and final installment here. Um, a lot of stuff going on in the NBA and a lot of uh, big names and highlights happening. Um, but I wanted to say um, there's a lot of young garbage teams who uh, uh, who have come through and, 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 and who are, you know... There's teams who are admitting to tanking, like 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 Cubans, uh, Mavericks, if you want to believe it or not, and teams that are just you know they they're trying not to, but but uh, but they are. Um, and one of those teams that I think is doing it the right way, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, I just wanted to say, um, you know, just uh, uh, just in closing, do, have you written uh, your eulogy for Laurie? Mar- uh, marketing after that dunk uh, from Allen of the uh, Brooklyn Nets because I watched that and uh, and I wept a bit. Um, it, it was sad to see. Um, Lori Bird had a lot of potential. I think he gave the Bulls fans a, a reason to be excited in what has just been a nightmare year for them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean these things happen in the NBA. Um, my condolences to him and his family. Uh, well, not him, because he's, he's no longer Imagine around. this is the moment that, like, change, like, a knock on wood everywhere, but 
You know, sometimes players have that one moment that's so devastating they just never come back from. Like, imagine this was Laurie Markkinen's moment where you're like the next Dirk Nowitzki, 20 years old, you know, all-time record in threes, and then just it's over. He's just like this shell of himself goes goes back. I I see we're we're messing with some uh, really really realistic hypotheticals. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> But the real, in terms of real and non-hypotheticals, is you guys should all be subscribed uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud to The Breaks Podcast for more ridiculousness like you've heard tonight or today. Actually, people listen to this all, all, all sorts of times. Um, but I want you guys to hit up our social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all the rest. Uh, Justin is Cavzanada. He's a great follow. Funny guy. And uh, he actually uh, follows a team that wins, unlike every single team I cheer for. So I'm going to go cry in the corner. Uh, Justin, hopefully, is going to raise a glass to the, uh, to another championship. And we want to thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs>